Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the panel discussion. I am your host, Greg Knowlton. I am flying solo this week. Matt Johnson is off um, in the Phantom Zone, as we said last episode. He is trapped. He is there for, for hopefully not for good. Hopefully he gets out of there soon. Uh, and Christopher Gullo, with his duties as the Cosmic Ghost Gullo, went to go get Matt Johnson. So he is still no, he is no longer with us this week only. Don't you worry. I made it sound like I fired him or something. Um, but no. But this week, I'm flying solo. Again, like last episode, um, we are going to do things a little different today. Rather than review some comics, I'm just going to talk. Um, and because I like to hear myself talk, I actually really don't. But that's okay. Uh, I have a couple things I want to talk about. And before I get into that, I'll hop into some news. Not too much news right now. I think uh, we just got a brand new trailer for the Doom Patrol for DC streaming service. Looks kind of fun. Um, again, they're definitely playing on the uh, misfit troop of, of superheroes. They even, the whole line, oh, you think we're fit to fight supervillains? No way. Um, looks like a lot of fun. I'm really interested to see what direction it goes in. Um, it's great to see the little quips between Robot Man and Cyborg and Robot Man picking on Cyborg for being a computer. Kind of fun. Um, um, that dynamic's going to be a good time. Um, this is post-Super Bowl, so we've gotten a little bit more footage, right? About 30 seconds, maybe, of endgame footage. Uh, I, I don't even think it was that much because I think they showed us some stuff we've already seen. But, of course, people have broken down said, oh, it could be this person, this person, this person. We really don't know much. Um, we've seen glimpses of what could be either Wakanda or Thanos' farm world that he's on. We've seen um, just an idea of what this Avengers team is going to look like. And then we've gotten some leaks of those new um, white suits that could be quantum realm suits or just a new Avengers uniform. We don't really know. Pardon me. So um, we've gotten that. We've gotten some quick clips of Captain Marvel. Um, I'm interested to see how that one plays out. I've got to be honest. It's And it's not even – I don't know what it is about it. It's the one I, I'm the least excited for. I, in a while, I don't know why, I just, it, it just feels, hmm. I think it's just because of the magnitude of Endgame that this movie coming out like a month before Endgame, it's just so hard to be excited for it. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to love it. I really am. But it's just so hard to be like, yes, Captain Marvel, because it's more like, Okay, let's just get through Captain Marvel, get our get our treats, see whatever um, the end credits are going to be playing towards Endgame, and then let's get to Endgame. That's what I want to see. So if it was a little sooner, like if it came out like two months ago, I might have been a little more excited for it. But it's so hard just with Endgame being around the corner to really let myself um, get hyped for Captain Marvel. Uh, with that being said, also, Endgame still testing at three hours long. So they're still doing audience tests. It's still running about a full three hours. Um, and no one's complaining about it from what I've heard. 
So that is exciting. That is going to be a lot of movie, but it also makes that 30 seconds so much more bittersweet. Like, I'm so glad they're not spoiling anything in the trailers. Don't get me wrong. But man, like, we're really, like, we're probably getting the first three minutes of the whole movie. Um, they did say, the Russo brothers did say that they don't want to show more of than 30 minutes, the first 30 minutes, which is great. I'm all about that. Uh, I don't even feel like we're getting the first 30 minutes, if anything. I do think Captain Marvel release, we might get one more trailer. Um, I think right around that time, we might get a little, a bigger taste. I think we might get a full minute and a half to two minute trailer, uh, but we'll see. I honestly, I'm fine with what I'm getting. I, I like these little flavors of it. Um, I'm excited to go in these tastes of it, flavors of it. <laughs> I'm excited to just go into Endgame, honestly, um, knowing as little as possible about where it's heading because, well, honestly, like I know where it's coming from so well that I think I'm going to be excited for it regardless. Um, that, that's how you know it's going to be a good movie when you can barely see any footage of it and just be like, we really still want to see this. Um, and even the 30 seconds we're getting is incredible. And like I said, we're analyzing the crud out of it. So that's that. I'm trying to think if there's any other news. I don't have anyone else to, uh, to nudge me and tell me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's all the news for today. Uh, that I can think of. So I want to talk. Let's talk. Um, I want to talk about why why comic books. Why why are we talking about this? Why this show? Um, why do we think comic books are important? Why do I think comic books are important is what we're specifically going to be really talking about. Um, and what is the big whoop? Like, why do we have all these movies about them? Why are there so many comic books? Uh, I don't know. I hope almost anyone listening to this comic book podcast has walked into a comic book store. Um, I hope that if you haven't, and this is your first time listening to us, you will. Because if you do, especially if you walk into an older store, um, not like a new release store, but like a store that's mostly back issues, you will be overwhelmed with the amount of books you are able to find. It is insane. Um, I have a a full, what is this? I think this is like a two-foot box full to the brim of books right now that I just have bought in the last six months since I started podcasting this. Um, I have a couple that I got before, maybe about, I think I have like 65 books I got before this. That's only took about a, about a sixth of this box up. Um so this box is almost full already. That barely scratches the surface. You walk into places and they have like hundreds of these long, these two and a half foot boxes full to the brim where you can't even like flick through them. Uh, and some of it, yes, is the same issue in different variant covers. But most of it are different, different issues that are of a million different stories, a million different books. Um, there are characters that we don't even know sometimes. There's probably, you probably can name like the Justice League and the Avengers 
I bet you still couldn't name every member that's ever been a part of those teams because they are so many characters. And that's just talking DC and Marvel. Um, you get to DC, you have Vertigo and all of those different books that are involved in it. You have uh, Image Comics, like we've talked about before, IDW, Valiant Comics, Malibu Comics, I think Anagram Comics and more um, publishers that I'm still finding. And then people producing comics without publishers. But why? Why comic books? And I'm going to focus on mainly superheroes specifically, but um, I will touch into other stories as well. But, you know, we've had, I've talked about it before. Uh, I honestly don't even know who the guy is. I know he, I've seen like stuff of his before. Um, but we talked about when Stan Lee passed away. There was a guy, uh, a comp comedian who said, I, I don't understand, like, why is it such a big deal? He's just some guy who made comic book movies. Um, and my phone, you're going to hear my phone because I can't silence it. But, and obviously, like, every comic book fan um, kind of went up in arms and was not happy with that statement. Um, I'm trying to find the article, and I'm actually struggling to find it right now. Bill Mayer, there he is. Uh, and then all of a sudden, he made it again recently, uh, and Kevin Smith battled back. And Bill Mayer, what he said was essentially, um, I don't know why these are even considered like literature. These are terrible stories. Um and he even said, I'm not glad Stanley is dead. I'm sad you're alive. What a jerk. I'm not trying to get political here. Uh, mainly what I, I want to talk about is that this one statement uh, is he's saying that you need to grow up and that these books are basically for kids. Like it's sad that you're still dressing like like children, like cosplaying, doing this stuff, reading these books that are supposed to be for kids. Man, I don't know if he's read some of these books. Maybe maybe he hasn't read The Killing Joke because uh, if he's letting his 10-year-old read that book, mm, we have a problem because I, uh, I don't really think those books are meant for kids. These comic books are meant for adults too. So, um, yeah, there, there's a lot. Uh, so it was just basically coming in saying these are terrible. They're not real literature. Um, not very good books. Whatever. So, so first I want to talk about comic books, um, and, and why superheroes? What's the importance of superheroes? Because this, this statement that they're not literature, that they're just this unimportant thing that doesn't really matter, um, I think is really relevant to what we're doing with this show. I think for each of us that is, um, podcasting, that each of us that hosts this show, that superheroes are pretty important to us and actually shaped a lot of our childhood, as weird as it sounds. Um, but it, it was one of those things that it has always hung with us um, and we learned from in a way. Uh, but And that sounds crazy, but if you really think about it, I'm sure like people, most people can say like, oh yeah, I read this novel and this novel changed my life. Or I read this and this changed my life. Or I remember watching this show as a kid and like learning from it. Uh, that's always been a thing. It's not just comic books. It's always something like media definitely influences uh, 
how we think, how we act, our decisions we make. We just don't realize it, but when you're consuming something all day long, it's gonna influence you. It's just, just the matter of it. It's just the truth. Um, so comic books and superheroes. What kid doesn't want to be larger than life? What kid, um, whether they have a good life or not, wants to be able to just fix things, have power, have strength, um, be able to make the world better? Some people identify with villains and wish they had the power to make the world worse. Um, but what person doesn't wish they were a little more than what they were supposed to be, right? And, and that's where superheroes come in. But that's easy. Like, there's all sorts of stuff. Like, everyone's dreamed they can fly. Um, some people have dreamed they could read minds. Or sometimes people just want to turn invisible. That's true. And I think... That fantasy of being able to connect to like, wow, like what if I had those powers that what if, what if that is a huge part of why we are interested in comic books. Um, that wonder, that, that imagination and being able to like go off in a character as a kid. I think those things as a kid, we connect to a hundred percent and sometimes as adults too. Um, that feeling is still there that that idea of like, just, just imagine if I just was flying over New York city, like no plane, nothing. I could just fly, feel the wind in my hair and like, just sit out and look upon the New York city city skyline without anything around me, just me floating in midair. Or imagine if I could just run as fast as I could around the world and see the whole world or any, any of that. Um, that is something we've all done. I don't care who you are, whether you're a comic book fan or not, you some you've had to have that that feeling. Um and again, especially as children, it's easy to play and imagine. But I think as adults, and this is where the idea that I think where comic books start to become literature and not just goofy stories is you connect so more much more with the growth of the character and how they react and respond to actually having these powers than just the idea of having superpowers. Um, we've talked about people's favorite heroes on this show before, and Spider-Man's one that comes up a lot. And it's not because, oh, I think it's cool that he can swing from walls and he has this awesome spidey sense. It's, I like the idea of this kid trying to figure out just how to be a teenager while at the same time also trying to figure out how to save the world. And that's where the interest comes in. That's where that balance comes in. Because I couldn't imagine trying to be, what, 14, 15, depending on the story you read of Peter Parker, and trying to, like, fight crime and figure out, oh, man, i got to stop Doc Ock. But I also had this paper due. Because, to be honest, I could barely balance high school. I procrastinated through high school. I still did well, but... I was like, oh, yeah, that paper's due in four hours. Guess I best, better stay up all night. And that was without having, like, anything crazy important to do. Now imagine, oh, man, well, Red Skull's going to bomb the world. I better stop him. Oh, and I have that paper due. Oh, crud. Like, imagine that. And also, now you're figuring out these powers and trying to figure out girls or boys, or whatever have you, you are now dealing with puberty as well as 
superpowers, right? That's where the story gets interesting, and that's where, uh, again, it starts to become literature. I think we start f- going through real life with these added things, but these stories are really about real-life balance, right? We've got Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil's blind. Yeah, he can see, but he's blind. He's a blind man. Dealing with the idea of fear. Green Lantern does the same thing. And it's not like, hey, look at these super fearless heroes. That's what, honestly, part of the story is actually saying, like, the beginning, like, oh, this is what it means to be fearless. And then it's like, oh, no, no, we're not fearless. Like, we're scared to death. We are scared to death. But it's our ability to overcome the fear we're facing. That doesn't just apply to superheroes. That applies to life. Right. That's how I feel. That's one of the reasons I identify with those two heroes so much is because that is so true. I've like just and reading those their their balance with uh, both of them struggle with like what they believe in and their faith and the things around them because they're dealing with fear and trying to be this fearless people. It's not many other places you can find stories like that. Right. And still have this. Those are serious stories. You take the superpowers out of those. I bet you most of those, most of these stories you talk about, a blind man who's trying to be fearless and, and, um, battling like the world that is terrifying, living in hell's kitchen and trying to move forward. You even, you take out his superpowers. I bet you that's a, like an Oscar worthy performance, right? You talk about a guy from a different world who's thrown into his family. Um, his parents are dead and he's adopted, right? And he's trying to grow up and navigate going from the country to the big city in a world he's already not used to. That's an Oscar-worthy story, right? But because all of a sudden you had superpowers and it makes it less literature? I don't think so. I think it makes it even more amazing when you add superpowers to these stories. Because it takes you out of reality, but it adds this, this idea of, of relatability to these characters. Um, if these characters weren't relatable, it would be easier to just pass them off and not get attached, not be exciting. If um, all Superman was was this character who could get, who would stop bullets and could go faster than a locomotive and jump higher than a building in a single bound, right? If that was all Superman was, Okay, cool. He would hold our interest for a little bit, and then it would be gone. But because we can relate to Superman, uh, his ideals, his morals, his battles with morality, um, trying to be one thing, be the person he knows he is, but knowing he can't be that person because the world would see him differently. Because there's all that, we relate to Superman so much more. We're so much more likely to read about him. Dealing with Batman, who looks like he has everything on the outside. Money, cars, women, whatever. Whatever we think is really material. Which, you know, that that doesn't that stuff doesn't buy happiness. And I think that's why Batman's such a great character. Because he is a depressed son of a gun. Constantly trying to fill his life. And constantly failing to find happiness. It's like even bringing around a, a family of his own. And has no idea. That is relatable. That is a relatable character. Uh, and again, these are all stories. If you took out the superpowers, these would be like, oh man, these are going to win war- awards all over the place. Uh, yeah. And, and so it's, it's really, 
I, that's one of the things I love about superheroes is this relatability, this human at human aspect. Um, but I, I do love when they dive into the super fantastic, like, um, that's one of the reasons I love Dark Knight's Metal and like the crazy, just wild stories with the wild superpowers. That's awesome too. That's, I live for that stuff. I live for reading the panels and watching like just two titans duking it out and the like worlds exploding and, and, um, someone like Gambit, like just throwing playing cards and making walls explode in the, the displays of power. That also is something I love. I love just that, that fun dynamic, that idea of um, just watching something that and imagining, letting your imagination run wild is also a huge part of comic books. It's, it's something that's so much fun um, to really let yourself do, let yourself escape the real world for a little bit um, and see these amazing things. Um, these characters can do as reality um, that is also a huge allure to comic books and that's just not comic books like we do that with fantasy lord of the rings harry potter like there's a reason these fandoms are so huge and so cool um and and harry potter is one i think that does it really well where again it's taking something amazing and fantastical but attaching it to the real world still um, and, and that's huge i think that that's some, that's one of the reasons these things are so popular, um, is finding that healthy balance, which I think superheroes do really well. I'm kind of getting off track and I apologize. I'm trying to find my next thought. Uh, oh, but here, there's, so some of the stories, um, comic books tell, right? I've kind of talked about some of the basics, but this is, this is kind of important. I'll hop to a commercial real quick. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back. I'm Matt Johnson. It's your boy, see him, a.k.a. The Nerd, a.k.a. The World Heavyweight Champion of Live Broadcast. Holding it down for all supremacy, it's the bad guy, Caddy. Yeah, and even though this is a podcast about video games, it's a podcast for everyone. Every Friday here on the BICBP Radio Network, make sure you tune in. Make sure you listen to it whenever you're on the way to work, whenever you're on the way home from work. And when you get in and you put that video game in and you hear that disc spinning around, you might as well just realize you can't start any game without pushing start. We are back at the panel discussion. So the next thing I kind of want to talk about, um, I started to ramble off a little bit because I get passionate and exciting. The next thing I want to talk about, I did talk about like some of the basic stories comic books handle, right? I want to talk about more in detail um, the things comic books can talk about and the bridges it can gap. Um, I'll start simple. I kind of talked about Spider-Man, right? Those coming-of-age kid stories. I have books sitting in front of me today that I went to buy. Um, it is Marvel's Champions and then Young Justice. Teens with superpowers of all ages, of all genders, um, champions, especially of all races. Champions is all over the place um, with representation of different types of people. And we'll get into that a little more. Um, but talking about these teens from all around the world and being able to tell their stories, how each one comes of age, and no two stories are completely the same, um, and that is awesome. That's something comic books have been doing forever is telling people stories. 
I can think of a ton. X-Men has been all over the spectrum with the type of people it talks about. You think about the X-Men. You think about Jean Grey. You think about Wolverine, Cyclops, Beast, Nightcrawler. And it's the list is currently grown. Warpath, Domino, um, and the type of people they've talked about, the struggles people have gone with. Honestly, one of my favorite comic books, though, on the DCN, and I've said this a million times, is Green Lantern. And I think Green Lantern is super good at this. Super good at representing the people of the world and giving a ton of relatable characters. This is why I say that. The first Green Lantern, my favorite, no, he's not the first. Alan Scott was the first, um, and he's he'll be included in this as well. Um, but the first Green Lantern in the, the Lantern Corps, uh, as we know it, is Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan was your typical superhero, right? But instead, he went in this direction of becoming a villain and killing everybody he loved, right? Um, we get to see this hero fall and then become redeemed and then fall again and then become redeemed and then fall again and then become redeemed and then eventually overcome his mistakes and use the power that he gained from his mistakes to right wrongs and to learn. Uh, really simple story, but I love that. Then we hop over to Kyle Rayner, where Hal Jordan kind of was falling in and out. Kyle Rayner received his ring on death's door, struggling with suicide. The story of a superhero uh, who was going to kill himself in one one iteration of his story. And instead, the ring, when he chose not to, the ring saw great courage in him for being willing to live and presented itself to him. That story is so important. I think that is such an important story for people to hear um, and to see superheroes struggling with depression, anxiety, something that is huge in the world right now as someone who suffers from it. Uh, so, so cool. Um to see that story being told. They're doing it right now in Heroes in Crisis uh, a little bit. It's it's a little <laughs> more in-depth than that and wild, but they're talking about depression, anxiety, and PTSD among superheroes, which is it's such a well-done story. If you haven't read it, um, it's actually not getting the popularity you would expect um, being a like a DC story focusing around the Trinity as well as having a ton of other characters in it, uh, including Booster Gold, um, and Blue Beetle and Harley Quinn being like some two of the other main or three of the other main characters. I apologize. Um, so just that. And then um, not really talking about Guy Gardner. I, I think he's a really interesting character, but um, I think there's other ones that are more important. We have Jon Stewart, who for a lot of kids um, growing up, I think in the 90s, 2000s, with the Justice League TV show was the 2000s, but 90s born babies. Um, uh, John Stewart might have been the first black superhero a lot of them saw, especially at the forefront of a team with a ton of episodes about him. Um, Cyborg being close behind, which is why I think Cyborg has a lot of his popularity he has now. 
But Jon Stewart is probably one of the first black superheroes a lot of people saw. And his character was great. He um, he had this crazy moral fiber, was this powerful commanding character. And part of that was uh, in the Justice League comics, or cartoons rather, Phil Lamar's voice acting was incredible. Um, and one of the reasons we still know Phil Lamar to this day, uh, he's still continuing to do voice acting. He's also very often Aquaman. Um, but he was this smart, tough former soldier. He was an architect. He was um, not successful in the Bruce Wayne sense, but he was a successful human being. He was well represented, um, and he was just a, a very great character. And there's a reason a lot of people love him. Like I said, I still think to this day, um, I keep forgetting how to pronounce his name. I think. I want to see Marshall uh, Cottonmouth from Luke Cage. Uh, he was in Moonlight as well. I can't pronounce his actual name, and I keep forgetting it. Uh, I think he would be such a good John Stewart because of the presence he commands and um, just the personality. And there's this this confidence, and he's a very likable character. I think, or a likable actor. Um, I'd love to see him as John Stewart. And then you continue forward to more recently, we have Simon Baz is a Green Lantern, who Simon Baz is a Middle Eastern American who, uh, when he takes on the Lantern Ring, actually saves a lot of people, but is um, accused of being a terrorist because of his race and has to deal with that. And you actually see him like cleaning in one of the first panels they show him cleaning off his garage. Um, because someone spray painted like, uh, leave our country onto it or something. I can't remember the exact words and him having to actually work with the feds because he's on a terrorist watch list, but he's still trying to be a hero. He's cocky and he's an awesome character. Uh, he's one of the first lanterns to wear a full face mask. It actually looks like resembles the kick ass mask. Um, but I love his suit and I, I think he's a really well done lantern. Um, and then at the same time, he's paired with Jessica Cruz, who is Hispanic. I believe she's a lesbian. I can't remember off the top of my head. I could be totally wrong on that. Uh, but I know she has like agoraphobia. Like she's terrified of going outside. Um, and as a superhero, again, what? You're a superhero. You're specifically a Green Lantern, whose your job is to fly across the cosmos you can barely leave your apartment. Such a great character, and that that her adventure through that is so well done, um, so cool to watch. It's such a such an interesting character. Watching her growth, she bounces over to becoming Power Ring and having um the ring from the what was it the Crime Syndicate? Yes, the Crime Syndicate, the evil version of the Justice League. Um, and she has that for a little bit, and then she came back to being a Green Lantern. Very interesting characters, but Lanterns have done that, told so many people's stories. I can hop back to Daredevil. Um, I can talk about uh, Professor Xavier. I know there's a list of more, the original Thor, and we've got um, Hawkeye at one point, all being people who are disabled among comic books. Uh, Hawkeye stabbed himself in the ears and made himself deaf. Uh, in Matt Fraction's Hawkeye story, he's wearing, like, he wears hearing aids a lot. Um, so he's, he's one I consider, but people with disabilities who are also heroes, right? 
representation, storytelling. Comic books are for everyone. We have these powerful women characters. I talked about Jessica Cruz. Um, Wonder Woman had her issues for a while as a character because of the way she was portrayed, but she's come around. A lot of the Bat family uh, and their representation. Uh, that's another reason comic books are so important. We talk so much about um, trying to see the world for what it actually is and who's actually in it and not just seeing it one way. And I think comic books do a, such a good job at telling a ton of people's stories. That's why I think it was actually disappointing. Um, DC was doing a other history of comic book characters. Uh, and they were going to talk about John Stewart and Vixen who are both African American. They were going to talk about Extraño and ooh, man, I can't think of her name. I believe Jessica Cruz was on that list. Um, who were gay, they were going to talk about, uh, and two female characters strictly for being female, and they were going to talk about their histories outside of their suits. Oh, Black Lightning was in there. He was another one. Um, they were going to talk about these characters not wearing their suits and how they deal with the world, and I thought those were going to be really important stories um, to see. We saw it with Black Panther and how that show, or how that movie affected the world, right? You know, it's just a superhero. It's just a comic book. Um, these stories are important and awesome. And I think a lot of people pull power from them. And I think as a kid, I think I had a lot more, um, understanding of the people around me because of comic books. Uh, and not totally, but like, it's weird when you read about someone struggling with something, you can understand it more. I think reading about um, someone's struggle with suicide as a kid definitely affected me as I got older because it helped me understand what I was going through a little better. Um, not 100%, but I think it was a big deal. Um, but I think these stories, telling other people's stories, X-Men, there's another one. Um, you've probably seen the Facebook post about and I think it's fitting talking about this right now. We're going to probably talk about it more uh, when Matt gets back. But the, uh, the the civil rights movement story told through X-Men as well as um, Christian persecution in the uh, – oh, gosh, what is it called? I'm going to forget the X-Men story talking about the purifiers. Um, God forgives men kills I think is the name. <laughs> Uh, and it's talking, it was the original Stryker story before he was a soldier. Um, he was actually Reverend Stryker in the original comics and was purifying mutants because they were unclean and evil. Um, now, I've talked about this before, too. I'm someone big in my faith. And I think seeing that side of it, but then later, there's a current character, um, not current anymore. She was part of the team who I found very interesting, who actually was a believer, um, was a very big Christian, and, and it was a huge part of her her faith as a mutant, thinking she was unclean, but having to also, like, but go, say, I'm a believer, and, like, I'm forgiven, and, and walk through that. There was literally a story for everyone, no matter who you are and what you come from. You can find a story that you can relate to in a comic book. I love that. I love that about comic books. Um I apologize. This is a very different episode than what you're probably listening to. I, we've said it before, um, with other people, I crack a lot of jokes by myself. Uh, and if you get to know me, I'm actually a very passionate person 
um, and think that these um, I'm most moved by these emotional um, stories and how the world works and the growth of people and what people go through, whether it be positive or negative, like those stories interest me a ton. And I think it's important to talk about. I think it's important to um, see that vulnerability in the world. And again, that's why I love comic books. That's why I love some of the stories I've read on the, the show. You can probably tell by my taste um, the things that interest me. Um, I love escaping the world more than anybody. I, I love fantasy stories like Dungeons and Dragons tells. I love all that, but I still love that human connection part of it. Um, I think it's super important. And then here's, here's the last thing uh, I'll talk about uh, before. I know I've gotten a little off track. This is a shorter episode because it's just me, but the last thing I'll talk about looking at a comic book um, to talk about how, awesome these things are I mean open up a book and tell me these artists are not freaking talented uh, I'm holding Heroes in Crisis in my hand and my gosh it's one of the most beautifully drawn books uh, inked books I've read in a long time close behind um, of course uh, Liam Sharp's Green Lantern run that uh, it, it's it's currently Grant Morrison writing and Liam Sharp drawing, which uh, it they're the those are the most beautiful books I've ever read. They are brilliantly colored, brilliantly drawn, full. Like the pages are there's not a page that doesn't have a ton going on, uh, but it's not overwhelming. Um, you you look at those books. Some of these artists like. I hate to be that guy, but I went in an art gallery and looked at abstract art and went, huh? I don't, I don't, it's just, it's some, it's just a bunch of squares. It looks like someone sneezed on that canvas. But I open a comic book and I'm like, man, that's beautiful. You can see the artist's heart and you can see emotion in these faces and you can see, um, just so much of these characters and creativity and attention to detail, especially again, if you haven't read the new run of green lantern, it's only on issue four. If you're just an art person, you don't even necessarily have to be a green lantern fan. And I know I'm biased because it's my favorite book, but like art wise, this is the most gorgeous book you'll ever look at. I really, I, I honestly think that um, there might be some other ones that are really well done too, but this is probably the most well drawn book I've ever looked at. Um, but the art in these books is nuts. These artists, I would love, there's probably exists in like New York city and Los Angeles, but I would love to just go to an art gallery. That's just like gorgeous comic book panels. I could get lost in that for hours. I could not, I, I art galleries like, Oh, like statues and stuff. Certain, certain pieces of work definitely interest me. I'm a huge fan of like, um, Van Gogh's work. But a lot of that stuff, like, I look at it and I'm like, oh, okay. But when you can, like, really, like, these, these comic books are just so different. Uh, and the art is just crazy, incredible. The movement that they capture, the way it captures your imagination, you can't tell me you haven't looked at a comic book and heard what was happening, you know, or felt what was happening um, 
flipping through the pages looking at the art. It almost feels like it's moving even when it's totally still. And that is in just beautiful. Um, I, it, it's really easy to tell. I just talked for 40 minutes about comic books and why I love them. Uh, and I probably left a lot out because I go on tangents and get lost. I could probably do this for the whole 240 minutes that I have to record on here, <laughs> but I won't because no one will listen, but that's okay. <laughs> My mom will listen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, so, so comic books are important. Superhero stories uh, are so important because they let us see these powerful characters, but with the same issues and struggles that we have. And we get to kind of identify ourselves in that way uh, and really connect to these characters and realize a lot of times that we're just as powerful as them, or we have this strength. It's just not, I don't have the strength to um, fly through the air at 60 miles per hour, but I have the strength to deal with those issues that these other characters face the same that they can. Um, and, and and other things on top of that, if you just love laughing, there's so much comedy in comic books. Just ask Gullo, right? Um, if you just love good combat, ask Matt. If you love a good, just a classic story, ask him. Like, And I love some of those too, and I have a bunch in front of me. Um, if you just love getting lost in those heroes, it, it's, it's, there's nothing like it. I don't think – I've read a ton of books, a ton of novels, and a ton of literature – um, I've probably read more comic books since I started this podcast than I've read anything in my whole entire life. Uh, I, I read about hmm, six to seven books a week, just and that's physical copies I buy, let alone the free stuff I download uh, off Comixology um, that I pay for. Thank you very much. Just just free issues. Um, it's like a Netflix, uh, let alone that stuff that I read though. Um, I've read so much recently and I just, it's so much, you can just find stories about anything. So with that being said, support your local comic book shop. Um, pick up a, a Black History Month book this month. Uh, maybe if you find something you really like, um, tweet it at us or message us on Facebook and recommend it because I'm, <laughs> I have a couple ideas of characters I want to cover for that. But I'm looking for some special stories. Um, so do that. Find a character that you, you connect to. If you haven't done that yet, you just read some cool ones, find one. Look, look adamantly. Google a character, um, maybe with something that is important to you. It could be anything. I'm sure you'll find it. Until next time, thank you for joining me on the panel discussion. My name is Greg Knowlton. Stay super, folks. 